you know, if I would have applied myself, I could have gone to the NBA. You think so? Yeah, I think so. But it's just like, it's been done. You know, I didn't want to, <laughs> I was like, I don't want to be a follower. Hi, I'm Jason Concepcion. And I'm Shay Serrano. And we are back. We have a new podcast from Wondery. It's called Six Trophies. Woo! And it's the f-ing best. Each week, Shay Serrano and I are combing through all the NBA storylines, finding the best, most interesting, most compelling stories, and then handing out six pop culture themed trophies for six basketball related activities. Trophies like the Dominic. Toretto, I live my life a quarter mile at a time trophy, which is given to someone who made a short-term decision with no regard for future consequence. Or the Christopher Nolan Tenet trophy, which is given to someone who did something that we didn't understand. Catalina wine mixer trophy. Ooh, the Lauren Hill, you might win some, but you just lost one trophy. And what's more, the NBA playoffs are here, so you want to make Six Trophies your go-to companion podcast through all the craziness. Follow Six Trophies on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. Listen ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. What these young bloods have to understand, that this game has always been and will always be about buckets. What do you know about this? Oh, you'll love it. Up and under. How does she do that? That's a kind of a shot that a winner takes and a winner makes. She can do it. Welcome to Buckets. This is Action Network's basketball betting podcast presented by BetMGM. I'm Maria Marino, back here with uh, my partner in crime, Action Network writer Jim Turvey at Turvey Bets. Uh, we are talking about the WNBA Finals, and it's uh, it's not gone as we envisioned, Jim. I have to admit, um, this is a bit of a postmortem for us just because... Um, we were uh, expecting the Liberty to have some fight in them in game two. More so me. I was a little more bullish. I decided to take them on the money line just because um, I felt it was a already a desperation spot. And little did I know, um, I didn't know the meaning of <laughs> a desperation spot. Yeah, this is this is definitely going to be a bit of a hat in hand episode. Uh, some reflection. I mean, it's not over yet, but I, I do think it's a very fair thing to do to kind of, you know, assess at this point, what has, you know, I'll speak for myself, but we were, we were both kind of in line with what, what was going wrong? What, what has happened that the, the, the bets have not hit the Liberty as a whole have not hit. So I, I think it's a great time to kind of reflect mid series um, and see if we can, you know, still have some use for what our takeaways are um, as we head to, to game three. So I think, one thing that may have been skewing my belief in the Liberty and, and part of why I went and bet them in game two was thinking that they had a shot to win this series. And why did I think that? Uh, because out of both teams, they were the ones that won a game on the road in the regular season. Um, you know, both times uh, the aces were in New York were blowouts in favor of New York. And, I think now looking back on that commissioner's cup win, it might not have been um, something to really consider because it was a Maureen Johannes game. Very simple. Like she provided, um, I believe it was 17 or so points and something that the aces were absolutely unprepared for, were absolutely blindsided by. And it was the difference in that particular game. But going into this series, I thought to myself, the Liberty can win one on the road. 
And when they lost game one, I'm like, well, it's got to be game two. Uh, But perhaps, um, perhaps just my view of how this season series went uh, was, was just covered up by uh, or clouded by, you know, Marine's performance. And, and I think here again, Jim, I don't know what to do with her. Coach Sandy Brandello doesn't know what to do with her. <laughs> and um, <laughs> it's, it's a question of like, is it now too late? Because as we talked about after game one, you know, she had a splashy performance then and, and the libs couldn't capitalize. But uh, I, I think there's a bit of a, a quandary going on uh, with her involvement or lack thereof and it truly making a bigger difference than we envisioned. Well, and I, I think you're right to highlight that Commissioner's Cup game because that is was honestly a large part of, of my cap as well. And, you know, it's, I, I was weighing, you know, bigger bigger sample of just the second half of the season. But to me, that Commissioner's Cup game is the most confusing to me because the thing I, I keep getting hum, hung up on is it has looked like the, the Aces have a second gear that the, the Liberty do not have. And so I keep coming back to why why did that not appear in the Commissioner's Cup game? And, I was talking to Jen Hatfield about it. She had a great point talking about how that was during that really rough stretch of the season for the Aces where they were, they, they had, you know, the five and seven was around that time. They really did have a tough stretch of schedule. And now they, you know, we, we came into this series talking about how they'd only played, this is going to be their sixth game in like a month or something crazy, right? So if this is a team that, you know, and, and the rest versus rest was something I think we talked about maybe not mattering. Looks like maybe it did matter and maybe it mattered toward the rest side. They were able to find that a second gear that during the heat of the mid, middle of the season, that commissioner's cup game, you know, it's kind of slipped into the regular season schedule. They didn't have the time to get the batteries fully charged enough. And I, we can talk about this later, but I do think Chelsea Gray is kind of the engine that drives up, that really drives that kind of dog in the aces and, you know, she's also one of the older players on the team. She was probably about as worn down at that part of the season as as she has been far more than during the finals, ironically, because they've been made such quick work of the postseason. So I do think that that was part of, you know, my read of the cap was maybe overweighing that Commissioner's Cup game. Um, I still think there there is some weirdness going on. And, you know, maybe we can walk through some of the, the potential kind of big picture misses on, on this read. But... I, I think that, that that Commissioner's Cup game, weighing that weighing that maybe a little bit too much is something that I'll, I'll try to learn from um, in, in terms of my capping of, of this series, but also just like looking ahead towards future WNBA finals and, and seasons and stuff like that. Well, look, uh, I think you make a, a great point about the rest because one thing that I kept saying to myself were, okay, the Liberty were the better team in the second half. They had the better uh, win percentage. And they played the Aces better. But to your point, it was during that stretch when the Aces had so many games in in so few days. And uh, I think I underestimated just the importance of the number one seed. Because not only did you get to play weaker opponents, um, you were able to uh, win every game and keep them as short as possible, to your point. And stay rested. Now, in my head, my logic was, uh, which I said in our finals preview, I felt like the Liberty were more battle tested. Like, okay, they were able to win an ugly game against Washington. Uh, They were able to 
come back from a loss to Connecticut and win three in a row, even some closer games. Maybe my perspective was was wrong in terms of maybe they were just not as good, and that's why they struggled against these teams, um, as opposed to me feeling like, okay, the Aces haven't seen adversity yet. What is going to happen when they see that adversity? Um, but, uh, of course, you know, they, they've really faced very little resistance. Um, so just to recap, you know, game two a little bit further, uh, the defense is a huge question mark for New York. It's something that I don't understand fully why it's fallen off. It almost seems to defy logic and science and physics, like, because, uh, I don't know about you. There were so many shots, so many improbable shots went in for Vegas, in my opinion. Some, you know, were uncontested and uh, there was a, a lack of defensive discipline. But then there were some that were very highly contested and somehow found their way in the in the hoop. I literally was like, what is going on? With these baskets. Well, I, I definitely... Oh, sorry to cut you off. I, I think two things can be true at once, right? That they they have found now in two straight finals, this was kind of the case last year where, where especially Chelsea Gray, but, you know, Kelsey Plum's out there with a broken finger making threes. They have found some ability to, to make shots at the level that doesn't fully seem sustainable, but at some point you got to just kind of tip your hat and say it's happening. So it doesn't matter if it's sustainable. It, it is happening. And then on top of that, the Liberty, I think we've all seen that they, they don't look like the aggressors. They don't look like they look a little scared, which is wild. I, and I'm not typically one to lay in, lay, lay value on like what a team looks like out there, but I, I don't think anyone watching can kind of deny that there is a difference watching these two teams. Right. One team looks like the far superior team. You wouldn't think it was the finals. There looks like such a gap between the two yeah. of them that it, that, that's got to be some factor in it. Right. I, I agree. And the people that look the most scared, I think, are Courtney Vandersloot, who, again, um, you know, he, part of why we bet a, a prop of her points over, which was only nine and a half, which she got to nine and blew layups, you know, missed a free throw. Well, the ESPN box score even said it got to 10 for a hot second. I was I was celebrating a, a last back, last second backdoor cover, and then uh, they updated the backdoor, and it was a loss like most of the well, other bets. <laughs> and, you know, we we knew that that was part of the ACE strategy, you know, layoff, and she knew it. And she, yeah. was, and she knew she was going to have open looks, and she was still hesitating. Lobo yeah. even said, Rebecca Lobo even said at one point during the broadcast, like, she should not have passed up that shot. Like, she was open, and, and, and she passed it up. Now, I know she's not typically who you think of as a scorer, but she has had shining moments in her career as a scorer and as a clutch player. And it's not the same as like the Liberty laying off Kia Stokes, right? Who, yeah. by the way, <laughs> by the way, made two threes, had eight points, had zero in the first game. Um, and as unlikely a scenario as, as you could draw up, but Becky Hammond's team was ready for it. Yeah. And that's the, I think, another big edge that you and I have talked about is Becky Hammond seems to be out coaching Sandy Brundello. And I'm not saying it's it's all of Sandy's fault because of, these players are, some of them are superstars and, and they should not be uh, playing as, as timid as, or looking as timid as they've been. So, so a lot of it is on the players, but Sandy seems like she's as much, much at a loss as, as we are. 
Well, and, and that's, that's definitely true. And, and I had this kind of to talk through at some point of, you know, some of the factors I think I, you know, maybe missed when, when capping this. And I think coaching is a, a very big factor. Um, we've noticed the second halves of both games have notably tilted to the aces. Um, you know, game one, the Liberty, it feels like you know, a century ago, but the Liberty had the lead at, at the at half of, of game one. And I think what Becky's doing so well, I mean, first of all, she's just a phenomenal coach. But I think she's done a really good job. Um, you know, if you are if if you believe in the the, the motivation of athletes by kind of doing the, the the disrespect, right? I think she has done a great job of flipping the narrative into a way that you know they they were again they were minus two hundred, minus two ten, or whatever in the series. They were the favorite, but I think especially with the Stewie MVP, um, I think if you if you saw a lot of people, even though the Aces were minus two hundred in the market. A lot of people were, were talking about picking the Liberty for the finals. I mean, the two of us here, but if you go broader than that, ESPN, the athletic, th- there was a skew towards Liberty more than, a, a, you know, one in three for sure. So I think she's done a great job and she's, you know, you see her post game press conferences. She looks pissed. And I, I think it, I, you know, I don't think it's an act. I think that there is a, a feeling that they are the best team. They truly believe that they are much like head and shoulders, best team, and they are not talked about in that way. I think she's done an incredible job of leveraging that yes. to really get her players up for this, these games. Yeah, we went from the the disrespect with the CT on <laughs> to suddenly the defending champs and the favorites um, playing the disrespect card. But the motivation factor um, is working. And I, I did hear part of her postgame presser from Wednesday night. And I just remember her saying, they're the real deal they're a real team. Like talking about her team, of course, but in the back of my head, I was like, that sounds like a shot at the Liberty. At the, <laughs> not the real deal. They're not a real team. Um, and uh, of course, you know, the, the core four of, um, of Las Vegas has been together. They won a championship last year. Um, it's still a newer team, you know, and, and we, we saw a lot more continuity with the Liberty in the second half, but it's still clearly not to that level where these these stars on the aces are playing with so much confidence. Uh, they're playing nearly flawlessly. And um, at this point, I'm not sure that I can advise fading them um, going into the next game. And uh, we'll, we'll get into that game in just, just a second, but uh, just to illustrate the the lopsidedness of Wednesday night. So Liberty, 36% from the field, 23% from three. And that's with John Quell Jones being incredibly efficient. So if you took <laughs> out of it, I don't even know. I don't want to know what that number is. And then the Aces, 53% from the floor, 45% from three. We even saw Asia Wilson have the audacity to shoot a three, but she was <laughs> wide open, so I don't blame her. Um, but again, that was... Just an an example of can um, I can I hop in there really quick because yeah. so walking through these you know how 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 did we get here how did we get down two zero um, you know a couple of the factors I think you know I, I mentioned before you know the coaching factor I think undersold um, I I think it is you know they're like the the liber- the the liberty just don't appear to have the same aggression like that those are, i think are both big factors i miss on i'm going to say an, obno- an obnoxious one that that seems like a cop out but there is a 
fair amount of shooting variance that has gone on in these two games. This is a you know right. two home games for the Aces, and these two teams are basically you know the turnovers are basically even. The Liberty have one more for the series, but they have uh, you know several more offensive rebounds, so they've had more possessions. The Aces shot it a little bit better during the regular season, but again. The, the Liberty were a little bit better on the offensive glass. It it really has come down to the shooting. Now, I, I think our eyes are telling us that there is clearly something more than just if the shots are going in or not um, mm-hmm. to this series. But I do think that the shooting variance has had a big impact yeah. on the series. Now, it, you can you can flip that any way you want and say, yeah, they're making more because they're more confident and the Liberty are missing way more because, especially on that end, they just look shook and like... Yeah. If they couldn't buy a basket, you know, right. outside of JJ if they wanted to right now. But I do think that, you know, in if you zoom out large enough in a five-game series is not enough to zoom out large enough, but the the variance would not be to the level it has been at through these first two games. I don't I don't I personally do not that does not make me confident enough to bet no. liberty in game three. We'll talk through how, how to approach that. But I do think that is a factor that at least needs to be acknowledged, even though it's obnoxious and it sounds like you're just trying to cop out of, of your pick at the beginning. But it it has come down to who has made more shots. They, they have the same amount of possessions each game, basically. And it's been a matter of aces making and liberty missing. I would be curious also to know uh, if we really were able to break down uh, the difference in contested versus uncontested shots because it seemed like yet again the aces were actually were not only hitting the open shots that they should but also hitting uh contested shots whereas the liberty i felt like had very few opportunities that were uncontested or open looks um and then that got them out of such a rhythm so it's a credit to the, the vegas defense that when they did have open looks they were not confident um, and you saw that a little bit with Benajelani, who who played better, was more aggressive, but still went under uh, her point total. And speaking of of playing aggressive, um, if you remember at the end of the last thing I said on our previous podcast, right before game two, was I wanted to see the Liberty be more aggressive so that they could put a little bit of pressure on the rotation of Becky Hammond and put a little more pressure on her from a decision-making standpoint and a real-time coaching standpoint. And the Liberty getting, you know, within eight by halftime and having a really strong second quarter was because they were doing that, right? They started going at the aces in the paint. And at the half, Alicia Clark had three fouls and... Jackie had three fouls. Young had three fouls. And so you started to see Becky have to make decisions, right? She sat Jackie for a lot of that second quarter because of the foul trouble. And so I was feeling okay at half in terms of just the way that we expected this to go because I was like, okay, this is working. Um, But to your point earlier, Becky then counter moved on the chessboard and um, all of a sudden, John Quell, who was such a workhorse in the second half, uh, excuse me, in the first half, um, was somehow neutralized in the second half. Zero rebounds in the second half. I don't even know how. So, so I'm going to defend you a little bit because I, what was it? Was 10 and a half the number for rebounds? She has now missed her, her rebound prop in both games, despite collecting 19 rebounds in the first halves of these two games. She's gotten one total rebound in the second half, which is wild. I mean by like almost defying logic and and one other thing I want to point out um, which I mentioned to you earlier the lowest plus minus 
on the team point differential um, was Brianna Stewart at minus 27. And the only player on the Liberty um, with a positive plus minus was Maureen Johannes. Uh, one, one point, um, which is still, which is still interesting to me. And let, let's start to get into how, you know, our preview for, ga- for game three, but um, Can I, ha- I want to hop in because you made two really good points I, wa- okay. I want to address. So first of all, you mentioned like wanting to be able to see the contested field goal. Pres- yeah. We got to get this. Like this is stuff that the NBA has because yeah. I don't trust. I don't want to trust my eyes. It does feel like the yeah. Aces have ma- made an absurd amount of contested shots and the Liberty have missed a, a fair amount of open. But I want to see the numbers. We got to get this WNBA. Come on. Like yeah. let's. what are we doing here? We got to get this. Um, but to your second point, I think I this is something – that I want to make sure I do because I've given credit to Becky Hammond. I've blamed poor shooting. I've said the Liberty looks scared. The Aces players have been incredible. And this is, and I think maybe the perfect pivot point on it is you, you mentioned Jackie with those three fouls in the first half. She finished the game with zero. So, I mean, she, or with, with three, she didn't have negative three in the second half. She, she, she did. She, in the whole second half, she played st- aggressive, strong, smart. The Aces mm-hmm. are just playing very well. I want to make sure that that is noted because the players themselves are do- playing incredibly. Like that's that's something that's easy to get lost, but that's yeah. just how it is. I I fully agree, and I mean the the first game was the the tale of the two backcourts, and it wasn't even close, not even a little bit, um, you know, in, in favor of the Liberty. But I just felt like okay just naturally you would think that there would be a little bit, just a little bit of regression, but that did not occur. There was in, in fact, they were better in game two. And on top of that, Asia Wilson was better in game two. Um, And, you know, she ends up getting double digit boards. She had by far her best game against the Liberty that we've seen. And that's scary because I feel like she could even play better. And so, um, all right. Let's let's get into game two, but first I have to remind everyone, Buckets is presented by BetMGM. Use bonus code ACTION when signing up to get up to $1,500 paid back in bonus bets if your first bet loses. For new users in Arizona, Colorado, Illinois, Indiana, Iowa, Kentucky, Louisiana, Maryland, Massachusetts, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, and Wyoming. Terms and conditions apply. Must be 21 or older. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Okay. On to game three. Aces are favored by two and a half, and they will be at Barclays Center 
for a 3 p.m. Eastern tip Sunday on ABC. By the way, we're both going. Yeah, we got to switch the juju up a little bit. Something's got to happen. Yeah, well, look, I'll I'll say this. um, Regardless of the outcome, I'm just going to be so excited to be there and and see these two teams because even though the Liberty have uh, looked like shells of themselves in this series and, you know, just not played their best. Um, These are still two historically great teams with a lot of star power. It's been great for the league all year long to have this conversation about um, super teams. I know some people aren't partial to that term, but to me, it's not a, it's not a negative thing to, to have super teams, you know, because um, what, what we're talking about here is teams that have, uh, some stars that aren't necessarily homegrown that are acquired in free agency or or via trade that are compiled. We're talking about a team that is, you know, uh, the the Liberty were compiled specifically to try to challenge the Aces. And, yeah. you know, for the regular season, they did just that. Um, thus far in the postseason, have not. <laughs> uh, but... Um, as it as it stands with this um, with this game three, this is kind of how I feel. Um, I thought that game two was must win. This is obviously the literal definition of of must win uh, for the Liberty. And if you're going to ask me where do I lean, it's I lean with that home court advantage. I lean with the fact that the Liberty are not as bad as they've played, and that they will get a game, but. I don't think I'm going to bet it, Jim, because I just don't – I just think that, you know, these these past two games have been so lopsided and the Aces are playing so dangerous because they are so confident and they are so sure that they are champions, like at this moment, that I don't even know if the, the crowd in Brooklyn is going to have any, any, any say in it. Um, I think the crowd might help the Liberty side of things, but um, – you know, I just don't know. Uh, I just don't know about about actually, um, you know, backing a side here because I, um, as 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 great as the Aces are playing, I do feel like the Liberty, you know, might still have a push in them, might still be able to to get a game here. Uh, but I'm not. I'm not feeling strongly about uh, a side. Yeah, I'm pretty much in lockstep with you. It's really interesting to see. The spread. So in game one, it closed about minus four and a half for the aces. In game two, they threw out minus four and a half again. Um, so it didn't it didn't really move from game one to game two. And I think that's partially, you know, we talked before last game about how it it you could there's a read that you could have had on that game one that was just a tale of two halves, right? The mm-hmm. Liberty looked like you and I had expected in, in the first half, and then the second half was obviously a much different animal. Now we have seen that for three straight halves and, and this line has swung enormously so that the aces are favored by two and a half, which is almost like a, I think it's like a four point swing off of what would, if you just normally flipped home court. So they went from a, a zero point swing after the game one win to a four point swing. And yeah. it kind of seems like they probably under corrected on the first game and maybe overcorrected but to like where it should be about. Cause I, 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 I think, you, I, I can't bet the Liberty. I think it would be approaching the the definition of insanity of, of doing the same thing over and over again and expecting different results. Absolutely. Um, I, and then, oh, go on. 
No, I do have. So I I do have a play though, because I want yeah. I you know, uh, we, we still got to give out something here for the people. I mean, sure. but, uh, so and, and you're gonna laugh. It's gonna start off with the liberty. But how here's how I'm looking at this. Um, and there's a, a trend that's known among you know NBA betters in the playoffs. Uh, it, when a series is 0-2 and then that team goes home, the first half is is a really uh, good spot to look at that team. So I do think that the Liberty, that right now they're uh, plus 100, they're about even um, even money, but obviously the, the Aces are still favored a little bit. I think that probably should switch. I think the Liberty should be favored in the first half by about uh, a, point, uh, a point and a half, something like that. Um, but I am going to parlay it with the Aces' second half because I I I think there are a couple of different ways you can get there with, with this game script. First of all, you could have the Aces finally wake up and they have an awesome first half. And then, then you know, they've got like a 15-point lead. The Liberty finally wake oh, up. Oh, my goodness. I'm sorry. Yes, the Liberty yes. finally wake up. Uh, the Aces, you know, cut into the lead uh, in the second half. But the Liberty finally, they get one game. Maybe they lose a series, but they get this game three um, energized by getting going home. So that's one route to getting this Liberty first half, Aces second half. But it could also be that the Liberty are up, you know, two or three at the half. Um, and then the Aces just run away in the second half. That's exactly what we saw in game one. I, I could very much see it happening in this. So you have a couple of different routes to get there on this Liberty first half, Aces second half. Um, the books, I don't know if they'll fully treat it as negatively correlated um, because sometimes, you know, if the team is out to a big lead in the second half, um, that that other team can can be a good spread bet. So I don't know if it will be negative, negatively correlated to give you an even bigger edge, but I, I think that that Liberty first half, Aces second half is is a way to not fully abandon betting on uh, a game that I am don't know which way to go on, but but feels like it is it has several paths to to victory. Right. So um, here is my one hesitation with that, and let me get your thoughts. Um, another thing we talked about last episode, this snowball effect, yeah. as, as you dubbed it. So you had actually advised, you know, if it looks like one team is running away with it in the first half, maybe, um, you know, bet them, bet them more and double down on them more because we have only really seen blowouts between these two teams. So I guess my my thought is, okay, if the Liberty do come out and they punch first and, and they're doing well, um, you know, what do you think about their ability to let that snowball? And I'll say this, I would be hesitant um, to expect that the aces are going to roll over in the way that the, the Liberty would, because not only are they, you know, playing to an extremely high level, but going back to that coaching advantage, advantage i believe um and becky's proven ability to to make adjustments at half i i do tend to feel like that's a really solid play no it's a phenomenal point and it's it's funny because i did not listen to myself when i when i said i, I should bet the lot of snowball effect for two. in your defense the liberty were were getting it together in the second quarter, which made it miss. It, it was misleading or almost like, wait, maybe they're not, maybe they're not dead yet because they seemed like they found something. And then pff, second I half, think, never mind. I think the time to have played it would have been that third quarter, like early third quarter when you came out and you saw instantly, boom, no, Becky did it again. Yeah. Deliberate, like that was the time to do it. And I, I should have, I did not. And I'm not listening to myself again. 
<laughs> I'm not listening to myself again, but I do think the the difference is the halftime adjustments that we have seen. Those two halftime adjustments, I think, you know, again, we're working in small subsamples. These these five these series, these playoff series are really hard not to deal with small samples. So you kind of have to extrapolate. And those have been notable in both games. So I, I think that that's enough for me. And this isn't going to be a big play. This is going to be just so I have, you know, something to watch, maybe a yeah. quarter of a unit, third of a unit. Nothing, nothing huge. Um okay. So then, yeah, if if you if you see, you know, the, the start of the third quarter, you'll know pretty early on, I think, if the aces are still like just like coming at them or if, you know, the Liberty are the ones coming out of, of the break with with all that energy and all that. Oomph. Exactly. I think that's the time to look for snowball is that third early to mid third quarter. I think I think that's exactly right. All right. Sounds good. Now, um Let's talk a little bit about a prop perspective, if you if you don't mind. I I just it, it's so hard because we don't want to keep like going, you know, adding history. <laughs> but it's like how like like it, it the almost feels like you know the last two games like we said like JJ should you know she should have gotten one more rebound. She should have gotten one more rebound. Is it just like? All right, that's it. We went full unit. We went half unit. Now we're just saying we're gonna, we're just staying away for now. Uh, I think I am probably sitting out. I do feel yeah. like the the like it, it, <laughs> the hard thing is like if it were two games in the regular season, it's really easy to write off, right? Like you shouldn't be swayed by two games in the regular season. If you have a strong edge, a strong cap, yeah. like don't yeah. be scared off by two games. But there is something about the finals with the microscope gets closer. Maybe this is where the sports fan in in any sports better kind of takes over and mm-hmm. it's hard to like fully think neutralize. Because I do think that JJ still has a huge edge and it's it's been weird to see her in these second halves. It's almost like she even though she has been the one who hasn't looked scared, she's almost looked like pissed that her team is scared and she just kind of hangs out on the perimeter and doesn't want to she's like if I like she's getting hit hard on some of these fouls. She's kind of like I don't want to go bang in the post if y'all aren't going to make a single shot and we're going to lose by 30. Like that's just not worth it. And you know what? I think, I I think now that I'm thinking back to those second halves, part of the problem was there was no inside outside game. So yeah, she's naturally as the game progresses going to become less effective when the defense is realizing, well, the guards aren't doing shit anyway. So like, let me just stay We're we'll just, focus on 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 JJ in the second half you know what I mean so there's got to be an inside outside game for it to be like a healthy half court offense yeah no absolutely (laughs) I do remember at one point in the second half um that JJ was out on the perimeter and I thought to myself no one else on this team can really get a rebound and if she's out there their their aces are getting the rebound and they are running um so I, I really think um that transition game for them was was so so deadly uh but are are there any other players that you might be interested in just like entertaining yeah i think uh i think this might be the game where i think about uh sabrina ionescu i always struggle with her i don't struggle with any of the other names sabrina's name throws me off the most of any name um i think this might be the one to look for an escalator it feels like you know at home Back against the wall, she has been silent all series. Um, I think with her, I like the escalator a little bit more because she is so reliant on the three ball, and we've seen we've seen her have those huge games. So I think 
if yeah. if you want to do like a 25 plus should be a nice big plus number um yeah. a 20 maybe is in in the range where it's not even fully worth it um i think mm-hmm. those those an escalator on her is maybe the one that you're thinking about but i i really i'm gonna do this this liberty first half ace the second half mm-hmm. If I if I feel incredibly bold, maybe I'll go back. My JJ rebounds is, is still my favorite of the ones that keep losing. So maybe that's the one that I will do. You have to keep an eye on the app. Um, yeah. If you feel if you're able to be more analytical and removed and say it's only two games, and she had 19 in the first half of the two yeah. combined, I, that's the one that I my I keep going back to. But it's just it's hard to to see those two games and and think that it, there is something that's going to change in, in right. this one. Right. Well, I, I think what, what's, what's challenging is just when, you know, I really think that you had a good read in particular on the prop side of things or both of us um, that and that we're, you know, we're so close and maybe that's like naive of me. Um, but also, you know, you talk about sample size and as a somewhat like newer, like regular better, you know, I, I feel like I feel like the folks at Action Network that are experts and are really freaking good at what they do, like yourself included, like you have uh, a process and you stick to it. And sometimes it sometimes it doesn't go your way, but you kind of stick to it. And um, but I'm I think maybe it's just the just the momentous like occasion for me with the with this final series, like I still feel like some of the things we said in our process are are probably accurate. Um, for game three, but I don't want to stick to, I'm just too scared. I'm too, no, it's, it's too... such a good point. Yeah. Cause it really is that like, I, I like, you know, I've done the work for this series. Like, you know, not, not casuals here. I know that was uh that word was tossed out at one point. Uh, definitely not casual. have done the work and like trust, like I, I trust the work that I put into us, but it is genuinely hard when you, it's under this much of a microscope to go, to keep going back to the well. So I think, yeah, it's, it's a, it's a very fine line. And I think it's something that, even the most analytical betters, like I've heard Rufus Peabody talk about, like how there are times, there are stretches when I, that's that dude is one of the arguably smartest better in the world, and there are times where he's have, he has crises of faith of like, do I definitely still have this edge? It's just it's really tough, and it's a finals with like a hyper microscope. It's just it's tough. It's tough to do. So I'm I'm definitely where there with you, and I think better shouldn't be scared to to not bet sometimes. You know. I, yeah, don't be scared to bet, uh, but maybe smaller. But yeah, and don't be scared to not bet sometimes. You know, if if they win game three, JJ has seventeen rebounds. Suddenly, we're like, okay, well, let's let's start to look at things again. By the way, one last um, thought from a, a betting standpoint: just the total here, one seventy two and a half. Um, I think it was a, it was around that for the last two games as well. Um, I wonder. I'm trying to I'm t- trying to do quick math. Do we feel? It must have gone over, right? Because both have gone over. We're so good, and like um, Dano Mattia, our our colleague who's been on the pod at at times, like made this point. I remember after game one being like, you know, the the Liberty having given up ninety nine points all year, right? And then and they did, and then they gave up even more with one hundred four in game two. And so I'm actually kind of curious what the Aces team total might be. I don't think it. I don't have it out yet. I don't think. I. I don't see it. But I'm. I'm curious, and I wonder if that's something to just to look at because, like, I wonder if that might be slightly inflated just because of how good they've been the last two games, or would it be kind of like what we see with the overall total, where it's kind of hovering around the same? 
No, it's a great look, and it's it's a. I actually, I, I, I really like that look as a team total under. And people are going to be like, these guys have to be camp. They're really giving another fade of the aces. But I do think that's another one where you have multiple uh, game scripts that land you there. I mean, it could just be that the Liberty offense no-shows, the aces win by 20, but they don't get to, you know, 99 or whatever this. uh really be an aces fade for, for those of us. Yeah, exactly. It's not a full aces fade. It's more just saying this shooting regression is going to have to come a little bit once you go on the road. Now, maybe... We know Chelsea Gray. She she may be listening to this just cackling, thinking like, yeah, I'm going to hit 18 mid-range floaters over Stewie. Uh, yeah. Chelsea in, Gray in particular has just been so good. I mean. Uh, I've got a hot take. Uh, I was talking in our Slack, in our action Slack with Brian Fonseca about this. He and I were both saying, like, kind of think that Chelsea should be the finals MVP again. Like, I from a numbers perspective, it's, you know, that's kind of silly. Like, especially like Jackie, Kelsey, and and uh, Asia are, are all going to probably have better numbers at this point. But I really do think that Chelsea is, if you watch this game, she is directing everything. She got, she's got like the, you know, the camera going. She is the director out there. And I, I think she emotionally is, but I think like just from like an on-court perspective, she is one of the smartest players we've ever seen in this league who is among the rare athletes. It's really hard to see athletes like truly step up in big moments. I think Bryce Harper is a person in, to get a little baseball shout here. He's like one of those few people, you know, he got insulted, he goes out and hits two homers. We don't see that from a lot of athletes. Chelsea Gray is one of those athletes who truly can elevate her game. It's amazing to watch. Yeah, and man, I mean, I, she definitely has has taken it personally, the the losses that they had against the Liberty yeah. season, in particular, that Commissioner's Cup. <laughs> which I understand, which I, I I do, but you're right. Like she has an, another, uh, she isn't um, an intangible thing about her that, you know, she's, she's a scary opponent. Like she, because she's just like you, everything you said, just so confident. I mean, she's like having another coach out there, like on the floor with you. Um, So I, I find that interesting. She had, she had 14, she had 11 assists in game two. Yeah. I'm pretty sure she had nine assists and 20 points in game one. Um, but since you bring it up, I did want to ask you, you know, do you think that finals MVP voters will sort of default to Asia at this point? So I'm in New York where I can't see these things. Can you, are you also in New York? Can you, it's, so, it's so silly that we can't even like see you, you, that you, you have to go to weird routes to do it. So I, I would have to see the numbers. I, I I do think that at this point in time, it likely is going to yeah. be Asia. But I actually, I don't think it's a lock. Um, and at least after game one, they had left Asia as the favorite. And I after last night, I assume that's only going to be more likely. But I don't. Yeah. I think the gap maybe isn't quite as intense as the odds are going to say. I'm doing this a little bit blind, so pardon me if you know somehow yeah. the the odds shifted a little bit. But I do think Chelsea, Kelsey, and Jackie are all having outstanding series. And if right. you know if this somehow does go four, that's now we're only halfway through. You know, if, if right. Asia does right. go back to struggling a little bit against Liberty, I think there is definitely room for for others. So. Um, go sorry, on. I, I do like that approach of like, okay, these other, uh, the other players on the aces do have a chance and, and maybe taking a measured approach and, and potentially betting one or, or all of them in, in some way, because however, whether it's, you know, the series, however long the series goes, um, 
if there might be a scenario where one of those players does something to win you the game and yeah. that will be the difference in voters minds so i'm glad we did touch on that but um and i can't confirm at the moment but pretty sure like you said <laughs> asia is still the favorite all right so <laughs> jim um i will see you in brooklyn and regardless of the outcome you know i want to talk about this from a slightly bigger picture standpoint sort of with the history of the league and um, how far this this league has come, um, particularly this year with um, the ratings and and just like all the momentum behind it. Um, You know, the Liberty being the only original franchise to never win a championship, you know, they have the first league MVP in franchise history this year. It's cool. You know, whether, you know, whether they win or not, we love this rivalry. Um, We hope this is a budding rivalry. We hope that, we see some of these stars on the Liberty continue to, to play and contend um, at a high level. And, and like you said, we have to sit back and appreciate what these aces are doing because we know that we haven't seen um, a repeat champion in the WNBA in over 20 years. So whatever happens is amazing for the league. And that's, you know, I think what both of us care about regardless of, you know, that we enjoy, you know, betting and it's a hobby and and all that. Um, And I just hope that these Brooklyn fans that have been sort of starving for this, um, that they at least get a good showing because I think as Sandy said, you know, she can live with the efforts there and we're contesting every shot and we're playing hard and we lose. We can all live with that. Brooklyn fans can, can live with that. Um, But you know, to have a, another, you know, another blowout where it's, um, you know, I just don't think anyone wants to see that. Even yeah. if you're rooting for the Aces, I don't necessarily think you want to see that. I think we all want to see, you know, a pretty good game and then, you know, go from there. So yeah, this will be this will be I, the eighth. Well, I sort of said it better myself. First of all, you you summed it up so well, and I'm going to come in and obnoxiously try and get one last word in. I'm sorry, I can't just let that sit because that was so well said. All I wanted to say was that this is the, this will be the eighth game between them. I want to see a single possession game that's like close in the last second. That's all I want to see. I mean, that would be so epic. Like, yes, it would be so epic. But um, either way, um, you know, would love to it, it, along that those same lines you know, would love to have it be a series and would love to have, you know, the Liberty not just roll over. So, um, but all respect to the Aces, uh, they've been playing incredible. uh, And this has been, you know, an undefeated postseason run for them thus far. So you got to tip your cap. But uh, all right, we got to get out of here. We'll we'll get back to this uh, once we recalibrate after game three. So stay tuned. But Thanks, everybody, for listening to Buckets. Once again, presented by BetMGM. I'm Maria Marino, at Maria C. Marino. Jim Turvey, at Turvey Bets. Thanks again for joining me. As always. And don't forget to download the award-winning Action app, where you can follow both of us. Uh, You can also rate and review this podcast to potentially win some Action Swag or a free subscription to Action Pro. Let's get Buckets. Action Network reminds you, please gamble responsibly. If you or someone you care about has a gambling problem, help is available 24-7 at 1-800-GAMBLER.